This is Pastoring Out Loud, a podcast for Bethlehem Baptist Church's South Campus in Lakeville, rainy Lakeville, Minnesota. If you're interested in learning more about our podcast, not our podcast, our church. It's been a while, Dave. <laughs> yes. If you're interested in learning more about our church, go to Bethlehem.church forward slash south. Dave, why has it been a while? I don't know. Have we just, I think, when was the last one we did? I mean, we probably recorded one close to a month ago, and then so, it got released a few weeks ago, I think. So probably I went on vacation. Yeah, I think it was right before you went on vacation. We no, we probably got out of the out of the rhythm, and then... Yeah. What are some of the things that have been happening at South that would lead us to not have time for recording and mixing podcasts? Oh... Uh, multiple things. We had a we had our family meeting. We did some voting on some guys. You were one of those guys. Some guys. Some guys. You're one of those guys. You was guys. We uh, had these restrictions kind of lifting off little by little. So there's some reshuffling of that, trying to figure out how we we're going to do that. Um, I don't know. I don't know why we did. I mean, it's been it's been been a busy few weeks but i don't know if i could i'd have to go back and look and tell you why read off my meetings yeah <laughs> yeah you've had a few of those haven't you what about you why have yeah. you been busy i mean because you haven't even really asked i mean yeah i mean we've been cut kind of, well we've had some emails exchanged about hey what are the next yeah. several things that we'll be going through but um yeah i think there has been a lot of schedule back and forth you know we had a retreat at the end of april for or beginning no it got moved to the beginning of may for uh, oh, youth. Right. that was just a few weeks ago mm-hmm. um, and kind of onboarding Nate Metcalf and working through like getting onboarded myself with neighborhood outreach and uh, small groups and other things has just taken a lot of time. So your elders are <laughs> eldering. That's right. <laughs> Which is why That's right. the podcast has not really been on the front burner, but then we've got a series of different ones coming up. Uh, that hopefully will be helpful. And as always, you are free to email us. We've got probably a listener mailbag coming here in the next couple of weeks with just a few questions that have come in, and uh, we're always interested in hearing more. Well, Dave, are there other churches in the area that preach the true gospel, or is Bethlehem Baptist Church's South (laughs) Campus the only church that preaches the gospel in our area? No, there's a there's a bunch, a bunch that preach the gospel um, yeah. in our area. You know, there's a uh, uh, Berean Baptist uh, there in Burnsville, right on 42. Used to drive by it on my way here every day when we were living with uh, the Thorsons. Living in um, the basement. Yep, yep. It was good, good times. A lot happened in that basement. Yeah. Um, there's uh, Trinity. It's right up the road from us. Yep. They preach the gospel. You know, Hosanna, I think, preaches the gospel. I've listened to a few of those and a few of the, their lead pastor's sermons, and he preaches the gospel. Yeah. I said another one that I was thinking of that I'm Eden Baptist. Yeah. There's all those Baptist the churches out there. Yeah. Yep. Dan Miller. That crowd. Non-Baptist churches preach the gospel, Amen. too. They do. It's true. <laughs> I don't I don't think I really know uh, any, like, Presbyterian churches around here. Do you? There's some covenant churches that would okay. definitely fall into the Presbyterian mode. They're not uh, the average Presbyterian church south of the river that I'm aware of. 
uh, it's not large. It's a lot of non-denominational churches um, or a lot of churches that actually are denominational but brand themselves kind of non-denominationally. Sure. Uh, Maybe they've got Lutheran doctrine, for instance. Sure. um, And they're technically a Lutheran church, but they don't have that in the title. Sure. Not leading with that. So all over the place, the true gospel is preached here south of the river. What other churches you know of that I didn't mention? Yeah, I mean, there are, there's a bunch, man, you know, that are out there. There's a, um, Resurrection Church, which mm-hmm. is a brand new church plant. It used to be Crystal Lake Baptist. Yep. Um, it's over there just across from the Burnsville Mall. Um, there's several churches that are meeting right now at high schools. There's Cornerstone over mm-hmm. in Apple Valley. There's uh, just a slew of different churches that preach the gospel. And I think as you and I would define it, you know, we're— we're seeing it as churches that preach the good news of the life, death, resurrection, and reign of Jesus and what that means for us yep. for all of life. That's right. So um, we would say that, you know, a church that if you, if you're, I mean, this would be an old podcast, but we talked about theological triage, first tier, second tier, third tier, um, you know, we're seeing all these churches we just talked about as commonly holding first tier, namely the gospel with us. Then there are other churches out there that are churches, I would say in name only, that either compromise something, they take out the essentials of the faith, or they put into that first tier things that don't belong there. Like, could you, you can't call yourself a Christian without, you know, having this particular thing Mm -hmm. that you do, uh, you know, uh, a, a miraculous sign here or um, a particular way of, you know, nuanced belief here. Um, and we're not, we're not on that, that bandwagon. So we, as a Calvinistic, Baptistic, congregational church with some significant charismatic leanings, think that uh, Arminian, uh, non-Baptistic, Pado-Baptist, um, cessationist churches, churches that don't believe in the ongoing miraculous gifts of the Spirit, all preach the gospel. Yep. You can all preach the gospel. That's right. And because that's the case, and there are just plenty of churches here uh, south of the river, we are uh, constantly thinking about, or at least I'm constantly thinking about, and praying for uh, pastors, members at those churches because— we have an ambition that it not only be Bethlehem South that grows in gospel ministry, but every church that holds to the true gospel Amen. Um, across these these uh, suburbs south of the river. Mm-hmm. So we talk about that, and I think the title of this uh, this podcast will be on apostolicist uh, apostolicity. Apostolicist. Apostolicity. There we go. Apostolicity. Um, Uh, I mean, that's kind of that can be kind of a confused. Like when mm -hmm. when I say apostolicity or an apostle, Mm -hmm. like what do you what comes to your mind right away? Like what do you think of? Yeah. Well, um, I mean, obviously, there's denominations out there that appoint their own apostles, so someone couldn't hear that and go, "Is that what you're saying?" I also think of my mom. who when your mom's uh, an apostle? No. Oh, sorry. But, but I, I always think of my mom when I hear this word because, um, for, you know, the Nicene Creed. As you as you get into that, yep. 
you know, she's she's never been a Nicene Creed fan because she's got these associations with it from her younger days uh, in a certain place that she went to church. Okay. Um, and so this word always makes me think of my mom, but yeah, I'm guessing yeah. we're not talking about my mom. Um, so Hi, it's, Mary. That's right. I don't even know if she listens to this. Isn't that sad? I'll send it to her. Good. Um, so I uh, so I think of that, uh, you know, there's, but I think most people when they hear that apostle in it, they start thinking of either um, kind of the the newer charismatic, you know, pen, maybe name even charismatic Pentecostal yeah. kind of movements out there uh, that have these titles, or they begin to think of some kind of like hierarchy. You know, there's a, yeah, yeah. a hierarchy within the within certain denominations where, you know, we've uh, uh, it's almost used as an adjective. Yep. You know, he's he's like you know an apostle. He's yeah, like this yeah. or that. Yeah. 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 I mean, certainly, you know, in the West, you have um, the Bishop of Rome, or the Archbishop of Rome, is considered to inherit mm-hmm. via. Uh, apostolic succession mm-hmm. kind of the mantle of the apostles mm-hmm. and the church structure there in the Roman Catholic Church is treated hierarchically uh, similarly in the East in the Eastern Orthodox Church um, and then you alluded to it things like the new apostolic reformation and mm-hmm. other things like that where there are churches out there that are very big they don't necessarily all go by that name new apostolic reformation but they treat um, their leaders as though they were you know uh, at least in adjectival sense, but yeah. perhaps also in a noun sense. Maybe, That's right. That's right. Uh, like the apostles of old with a certain amount of authority mm-hmm. invested in them. Uh, you get into certain uh, uh, charismatic Pentecostal cir- you know, circles, and if a movement or a church has an apostle, then sometimes that's appointed, sometimes that's self-proclaimed, um, and it can be very much like uh, an inherent authority and kind of, uh, you know, what other places might call a bishop, but it goes beyond that, Yeah, I think, to yeah. some degree. Yeah, I think it does, too. Yeah. Authority. So when we talk about apostolicity, yep. apostolicity, <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm going to keep butchering it. What I mean, what do we mean? Like, are you an apostle, Dave? Are you the apostle of South Campus? <laughs> no. No, you're not. I'm I mean, not. No, ambi- yeah. no ambitions to be the apostle. Yeah, I mean, either. what would we say? Like, like are there apostles today? What do you think? I don't think so. Nor I mean, do I. Yeah. Who were who the apostles, Dave? The apostles were those who uh, saw the resurrected Christ and witnessed to him. Yeah. Um, yeah. And there's other, there's other, we could talk about that a lot, but that's not what we're here to talk about. Yeah. So yeah. this word that you can't say, so I won't try. What, what, <laughs> we, what we mean by it uh, is we mean, and really the classic meaning of it um, is the, the gospel and the kingdom yep. is much bigger than Bethlehem. We want to see the the kingdom uh, spread. We want to see it uh, win victories throughout the south suburbs. We want to see it go forth. And we want to celebrate when that happens at other places. We want to partner that that would happen in these south suburbs. And we want to pray for it, like you, like you alluded to earlier. Yeah. So when we say that, we would say... It's, it's a kind of an expansive idea that's just going, you know, look beyond ourselves to other kingdom work that's happening. So as much as we say, you know, as much as we say blood-bought family here, and we really want to shepherd the people in our care well, we want to love each other well, want to reach our neighborhoods and the nations. We've been talking about that in Acts. 
uh, we also want to have this big view that, man, God's doing a lot of stuff way bigger than what we're doing. Yeah. And that's good. Yeah. That's good. So, I mean, the adjective apostolic or like having an ambition, like this word apostolicity, there we go. There you go. Um, you know, is very much in vain with what we see the apostles doing in Acts. Mm -hmm. So in a few weeks, you're going to preach on Acts 15, where all this stuff that's taking place in the Gentile church um, and in Antioch is brought before the Jerusalem council. And there's a debate like, wow, just like the Holy Spirit came upon us Jews at first, so Mm -hmm. too it's coming upon the Gentiles. And what does James, you know, the brother of Jesus do? They write Mm -hmm. a letter and they do so in a way that both blesses those and gives mm-hmm. some encouragement and some restrictions to those. It's, uh, well, what is God doing up in Antioch? Praise God for that. Mm-hmm. You know, it mm-hmm. may not have flowed out of us directly as per se, although Peter was there mm-hmm. um, and uh, or Peter was there with Cornelius. And there are other stories that Paul gives just like the Holy Spirit is moving in unexpected ways. Certainly what we do see though when the Holy Spirit moves in the book of Acts is not just pockets of individual Christians mm-hmm. that then are, you know, uh, just become free range Christians. You know, we get the, the Ethiopian eunuch who we don't really know what happens to him, mm-hmm. you know, at least in the pages of scripture, we get other individuals. But what do we see? We see them come together in now local assemblies in all the places yeah. where they're at. Yep. So the church in Antioch, Antioch becomes this huge missionary sending church. Um, you know, and continues to spread by planting churches in essence across yep. Asia Minor and yep. other places in the Mediter- ancient Mediterranean. So when we talk about an apostolic ambition, it's like the apostles in Acts. They wanted to see the gospel grow and the gospel grow through God's means, namely the word of God preached and the word of God creating a people mm-hmm. wherever it was. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. calling them out of darkness and into light, left and right. So anything else you'd say about Acts, Preacher Dave? <laughs> no, that was good. I mean, that's, it's, I mean, it's obviously a little bit different context in our day because when that was happening, everything was church planning, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so now there's uh, maybe rightly so a little bit more uh, planning and just some thinking about what's appropriate, what's healthy, what, you know, as, as you, as we think about church planning, trying to figure out where to go and who to send and all that. Um, but I think, I think you covered it well. I mean, that's, that's how, that's, that's how it always works. God is saving people through his word by the power of his spirit. And those people are called to be in a people. And we want to keep seeing that happen. And we're happy we love our people. We're, we're happy to welcome more. You know, we yeah. just welcome seven new members. We're so glad they're part of this. And when members leave, if they leave, for example, you know, we've had some members leave because they say, hey, this, this church is a couple blocks away and want to be closer to that community. And this is a far drive and we're having a hard time making it to stuff. And, man, we're not going to be, you know, that's just an example. We're not mad about that. We want to say, man, go and be a blessing there and yeah. bless that church and we'll we'll pray Yep. for that church, yeah, that it would be a out, blessing. Yep, sending out members to n- other churches yep. um, where they're joining those churches is an expression of this apostolic That's kind right. of ambition. That's right. Like yep. we're not we're not cagey about our own stuff at Bethlehem, yep. but we'd recognize that the Holy Spirit's doing stuff all over these south Amen. suburbs Amen. Um, that we don't need to be a part of necessarily. Right. Um, so 
when we talk about what it means to have an apostolic ambition, we just named one, like, hey, we're not cagey about our stuff where members can go mm-hmm. other places where God will be with them too. Mm-hmm. What kind of ministries, what kind of thought processes go into like South Campus wants to be apostolic in its ambition? What does that, yeah. what does that look like to say that we as a church yeah. um, want to have this kind of ambition? Well, I think one thing I'd say is that I think it's been kind of a transition to get there. So when I, I first got here a couple of years ago and there was much less campus specificity, I would say where we were always looking was um, not always looking, that's not fair, but often looking would be in it ourselves mm-hmm. and the big organization. So it would be, hey, what can Bethlehem do about this? And you're kind of looking at Bethlehem as a whole, north, downtown, south. And you're, we're so used to being so big that we kind of could always do our own thing. And what we realized, what I realized, you know, six months into being South is that, you know, we really are a five or 600 person church here in the South Metro. And therefore, uh, what we have been trying to do and are learning to do better, because frankly, those um, reflexes aren't there, but we're trying to do better is, man, who do we and how do we partner with other gospel churches, other organizations that are doing good work to say, man, we can't do this by ourselves, um, but we can do this together and we can make an impact for the cause of Christ. So when I think about just how we've been trying to develop those things, you know, we've had um, we've had various uh, meetings with uh, different churches and different things about things like human trafficking. Uh, how, do, how do we as South Metro churches care, pray, work towards things like that. You know, when you think about an organization like Arrive Ministries, how do we partner as churches uh, to help refugees? When you think about Amnion, um, you know, leaning into that. Um, We've, uh, we hosted an event here, Robin Sutphin. He actually was the one who organized it. He's down in Belize now. But where we had kind of a, a mercy and justice day here at the South Campus, and we invited, you know, churches to come to that and say, hey, how do we partner with these? How do we partner to do that? I think that we can do that with uh, a lot of different things yeah. where we just, you know, there's a lot of churches. <laughs> there's a lot of churches like our size or a little bit bigger out here in the South Burbs. And I think we'll probably find that there's a lot of stuff we can't do on our own. Yep. All of us as well as we could probably do together if we figure out ways to partner. But those, the relationships take time. To trust each other and to, to love each other, getting to know the organizations takes time. And I feel like the last year and a half, you know, Nick's, Nick's done a lot of this. Chuck did some of this. has been us trying to just kind of go around and say, raise our hand and say, hey, we care. <laughs> hey, we're here. Um, we're interested in partnering and, and let us know. And um, so I think that's where we're at. I, I really think it's an, an instinct and a reflex and an ambition, that's what you keep calling it, that we're developing i wouldn't say has been developed in the past yeah yeah so partnering with different ministries partnering with different churches i would say to creating birthing as it were new churches and of yep. course the big example from before your time dave is northfield community church amen yeah um and we're uh we're excited about what's going on down there uh, certainly a number of former south campus members are there still mm-hmm. um you know continuing to grow uh, and, and in their faith and then continuing to go out into Northfield. So mm-hmm. I think there's a rising tide as we've increasingly thought about South Campus and where we stand, a rising tide, a rising thought towards 
what would church planting look like? Yeah. Um, you know, that was just kind of the bread and butter of what we want to be mm-hmm. as a church, you know, thinking about where's the gospel already named and uh, there's plenty of churches there and man, let's pray for them. Let's partner with them. And then where is the gospel maybe less named? Maybe there aren't mm-hmm. local uh, bodies of believers that hold to the same gospel. Certainly across rural Minnesota, there's plenty of gospel preaching churches, mm-hmm. and we'd love to see more. That's we'd right. love to see more uh, in various places. And then, of course, evangelism feeds into all of this. Like That's the right. actual speaking of the gospel to our neighbors, mm-hmm. to our coworkers, to our family, to our friends, mm-hmm. in such a way that uh, the gospel is both the the thing that is attractive and then the thing that attracts one into the people of God. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. the gospel mm-hmm. word creates gospel work, namely churches and the people of God. And so not only a, you know, a, a conversation over a meal where it's like, do you know, do you have personal faith in Jesus? Mm-hmm. But also beyond that, well, he saved you into a family. That's right. You know, and there are yep. different expressions of that family yep. everywhere. So anything else you'd say about apostolic ambition? Yeah, just that I, I hope it continues to grow. I mean, I I, uh, I wasn't thinking about this when we started the podcast, but one, one thing that hops my mind is just how programmed into the American church um, – you know, we have all these choices. <laughs> yeah. We have all these choices of different churches, which is really a privilege that we have that in many places of the world they don't have, you know. And with that often comes a sense of competition. Yeah. And so just an example uh, of that, you know, would be as we've gotten to know our neighbors, introduce ourselves to our neighbors, um, several of them around us, you know, go to other churches and as I, as I tell them what I do, you know, like I'm, I'm the pastor and we get into it, you know, they kind of feel the need to be like, well, yeah, I'll, I'll you know, probably stay at my church though, you know, or something like that. <laughs> and I'm like, you know, and, and I'm just I like, I get that with my neighbors too. Yeah. And I'm just yeah. like, man, praise God, stay there and let's pray for our neighborhood together and let's see his kingdom come to bear here. But, you know, there's almost this inherent, like, uh, certainly you'll try to, get me to go to your church now that you're now that you're a pastor like I was excited when I heard you were a Christian but now that I heard you're a pastor not so much um, <laughs> and so I think you know so I, I just as much as we can even in our neighborhoods you know there's all sorts of ways to go yeah you go to this church I go to this church and we're all gonna you know serve faithfully in the places we're at but man how could we pray for our neighborhood that the gospel would come to bear here and man if they end up going to your church great yeah amen. you know amen yeah I mean, that just feeds into kind of the consumerist kind of thing that so many good churches, um, but then sometimes churches cater to that too. That's like, look at all the things we could offer you Mm -hmm. or look at all the things or what is it that you could offer us Mm -hmm. treats it almost transactionally Mm -hmm. like pick and choose your way instead of, I think the New Testament norm is, which is you commit Mm-hmm. And every Christian has gifts that they That's that right. God has granted for them to provide for the sake of the body. And under that banner of commitment, you grow That's into right. a relationship with other people. Instead That's of right. like, as your relationships grow, okay, now I'm ready to commit. Right. You right. know that kind of a thing. So right. we, uh, you know, we're we're interested in seeing that happen. Where downplaying for our own the sake of our own church for any church downplaying 
kind of we cater to consumers, mm -hmm. you know, consumers of content or experience. And so we dial up on what happens when covenant committers come together for the sake of, Amen. you know, reaching out to their neighbors and caring for one another in the gospel. Yeah. So last question, um, just in terms of, you know, praying for and cooperating with other churches, like are there different things that based upon our level of agreement with other churches we'd be able to cooperate on, wouldn't be able to cooperate on? So, I mean, just two right away, like, you know, gospel evangelism and prayer about that, like any other church that holds the true mm -hmm. gospel, mm -hmm. we care about, mm -hmm. um, you know, the, the word going forth. And the other one that I'm just thinking, so if you remember the theological triage, kind of like mm -hmm. tier one, um, you know, everything that's pertaining to the gospel and what it means to be actually a Christian. If you don't believe what's in tier one, you're not actually a Christian about mm -hmm. the resurrection, about the death of Jesus, other things like that, um, and what that news means. Tier two is what does it mean to be together in a healthy mm -hmm. way in a body? And I would say that, you know, tier one, we care about all these other gospel preaching churches. Tier two is like, you know, if we're planting churches, we're partnering with like-minded churches about yep. those tier two issues yep. Yep. to say, like, this is what it would look like for us together yep. to cooperate and plant a church. And we have, yep. you know, the Treasure in Christ Together yeah. network yeah. that Bethlehem has, has birthed that is however many churches, several dozen churches across the United States, quite a few in Minnesota, yep. um, obviously, that we partner together with many of those churches, yep. but also other like-minded yep. Baptistic churches. Yep. Um, throughout the, the Twin Cities and beyond. Any other ways you can think of, like, pray for other churches this way? Let's yeah. consider cooperating with other churches this way. Like, Yeah, I mean, one, one model that kind of was, uh, so, you know, you and I both have been part of, uh, I think me a little bit longer than you, I think you joined a little bit later, but part of the TCT Southern Minnesota group of guys is that pre-COVID, we were, you know, meeting in Owatonna like once a year and inviting all of our members you know, to come and, and having kind of a joint service where we pray for God to move and pray for God to plant churches and pray for God to spread the gospel. And I could see I could see a night like that, you know, in Lakeville with Trinity and, uh, you know, Eden Baptist and Berean or, you know, just, just come, let's come together and pray for God to move in these south suburbs. Let's come together and ask him to, to work. Um, that'd, be, that'd be one way. Um, I just, yeah— I mean, praying for them and then getting together. At some point, if it's going to happen, you got to have a relationship. So yep. you, you gotta, you gotta mingle. You gotta actually do stuff together. So, um, I think it's got to start with relationship and trust that way. Amen. Yeah. And what's beautiful is in the gospel, and when we're in Christ together, though across different churches, there is uh, an instant kind of camaraderie mm -hmm. that still needs to be teased out to some degree. Mm -hmm. But I love is just an awareness of you know, there's the kind of the classic story, it's repeated all over the United States of like, um, you know, big church thinks, suburban church thinks about, you know, moving into an inner city, mm -hmm. you know, and is going to plant a campus or plant mm -hmm. a church or whatever. And there's a big difference between the kinds of big suburban churches that get on the ground and say, well, who's already here that mm -hmm. we can partner with? Mm -hmm. And the big churches that come on the ground and like, we're the only game in town, we're the only yeah. thing going on. Yeah. Yeah. That's a big mindset difference, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. and we certainly do not, we want to be not mainly about Bethlehem and what's most unique about Bethlehem, but mainly what we commonly share with all the true churches mm -hmm. at all other times. Yeah, that's right. That's right. That's good. All right, Dave. Thanks for joining me today, man. 
Peace. It's good to be back. <laughs> <laughs>